Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hello and welcome to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from Prescott, Arizona, and the studio at Max 6 in Tempe, Arizona, where we help build businesses and connect you with the right people. And I am very excited about our conversation today. Please welcome to the studio, Shante Salisbury with Genesis Women's Center. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so pleased. I wish I could be there in person to give you a hug yes. and to have this conversation. But this is uh, this is as, as good as I have to offer today since we are up paddleboarding and hiking and out of the heat. Yes, definitely. <laughs> So before we get into the conversation, I want to share just a little bit of, about my story and having met Shante because it's it's kind of funny. I think I may have seen a post on Facebook, LinkedIn. Maybe Shante might remember more specifically than me. And it was around my birthday in December. And I really wanted to find a way to give back to women in our community who need our support. And so, you know, you can do those little Facebook um, fundraisers. And so I picked Genesis Women's Center. It wasn't until I had a, a couple of donations that were sent to me in the mail, in addition to what uh, folks donated on uh, on Facebook for me, that I looked up the Women's Center and found out that they are, your center is a half mile from my home in Ahwatukee. Wow. And so didn't even, actually didn't even realize that until I pulled into the parking lot and walked in to see you and meet you to hand you the, the, the uh, donations and said literally across the street next to one of my favorite coffee sh- coffee shops. So uh, we had a chance to meet in person not too long ago. We've been very much looking forward to having this conversation so that more people know about the great work that you're up to and how you're serving women and families in our community. I think a lot has happened uh, and taken place in your growth and serving your mission and also the call and and uh, for more help since I last saw you um, at at uh, the Women's Center. So please introduce yourself, Shante, and tell us a little bit about Genesis Women's Center, and then we'll just get into a conversation to make sure our listeners and viewers know everything they need to know about how to get involved and how to best support you and the people you serve. Definitely. Well, thank you for having me. I am Shante Salisbury with Genesis Women's Center. Um, Genesis Women's Center supports victims of domestic violence and homelessness. I actually started this nonprofit organization December of 2020 during the pandemic after meeting a homeless woman in our hometown, as you stated, Awatuki. She was actually on 50th and Ray. Um, At that time, I was actually healing from six blood clots. And so we had just moved here, my family and I, from Miami. My routine in Miami was to get Chick-fil-A. And so I wanted to make that my routine here in Arizona. And so there was a Chick-fil-A close. And so I did that. You know, after getting back to work, working in family law, I decided I was no longer going to be a patient anymore. That's what I felt like after healing from the six blood clots. And so I seen this homeless woman. She was on the streets. And I had seen her a few times before stopping that morning. And I remember asking my son, have you seen her? Have you seen her? And so he was like, yeah, sometimes she's there, sometimes she's not. And so that morning she was there. And so when I pulled into Chick-fil-A, I was like, oh, my God, I I have to get two breakfasts, two breakfasts today. And so they were like, "Okay." And so I said, you know, it's pretty hot outside. I see this homeless woman out front all the time. If you can just give her a cup of water for me, that would be great. 
And so they said, okay. And so I asked for two bags. I separated the two meals and I pulled up to her and I said, excuse me, can I get you breakfast? And she said, yeah. And so I handed her her breakfast and she was super appreciative. She was like, thank you. Thank you. And so then I told her a little bit about myself and why I had stopped. And so then before I left and pulled off, I asked her, I said, "Um, is there anything else that I could do for you? And she said, yeah, can you get me a magazine? And so that's different. You know, when you meet the homeless, it's not so much of them asking for reading material. And so I said, of course, yeah, I'll get you a magazine. And so I drove around for about a month with this magazine because I didn't see the woman. And so I remember reaching out to my mom who experienced homelessness when I was growing up, drug addiction, alcohol, all of that. And so I said, hey, you know, I met this homeless woman, but I haven't seen her. And so my mom was like, well, maybe she was just faking. You know, she gave me all of these different things that um, would be the norm of a homeless individual from what she knows. And so I was like, no, I don't really think that's it. And so, of course, I didn't really think anything of it. And then, of course, I asked again and they were like, well, maybe she was just an angel. And so I said, "Okay, well, I hope I did my good deed, but somebody owes me for this magazine. So, of course, about a week later. I went to get breakfast again and I seen the woman. So at this point, I'm super excited. I'm like, oh my God, I have the magazine. I got to get breakfast again. Chick-fil-A again, two bags, y'all. And so of course they were like, okay. And so then I went over to her and um, I said, hey, can I get you breakfast? And she said, yeah. And I'm always cautious um, because you just never know what their day is, uh, what might've happened the night before, you know, if they were robbed, you know, typically a lot of them are fighting for their life throughout the night. And so just to pull up to her and she was so she was so appreciative. She was, she's really warm. She was really, really warm. And so I was kind of, I had my tail in hanging out from the street and she was just like, you have to move your car in. You're going to get hit. You have to move your car in. And I just kept telling her, it's going to be okay. I just, just a second. I just want to give you breakfast and I got you your magazine. And so she said, thank you. Before I left, after she told me, she was like, Shantae, can you help me? And I was like, what do I help you with? And she was like, well, the people here in Arizona don't help. And so that was a bit scary because I had just moved here. My son had just started at ASU. My daughter had just started in high school here. And so I was like, oh, my God, what do you mean they don't help? And she was like, well, they see me here, but they don't stop. They don't help. And so I said, "Okay, what can I do to help you? And she said, can you help me get into an all women's shelter? And I said, wow, that's another good ask. Okay, yeah, let me see what I can do. And so, of course, again, this was during the start of the pandemic at this point. And so it was early 2020 at this point. So I want to say it was about April, May. And so, of course, I started to reach out to several different of our local nonprofits here in Arizona. I wrote letters. I left voicemails. I did as much research as I possibly could. And I did this for about six months before I finally heard back from someone who was incredible to me. And she's literally been a shining light in my whole journey. And that was Lisa Glow from Cass. And so she literally, she was just like, Shantae, what you have with this woman is incredible. And of course, I didn't really know what she was talking about at that time. She was like, you have a gift. And I was just like, what's that? And she was like, the homeless, they don't trust. And so, of course, I'm like, okay, interesting. And she was like, so the fact that you just met this woman and Mm -hmm. she trusts you the way she does tells me that you have a gift. So she was like, because of that, I'm going to help you. And so I was super excited about that. Um, For me, Lisa was like, 
a superstar, <laughs> you know, her being the president of CAS. And to respond back to me and get this email from her assistant, I was just like, oh my God, I'm going to meet the president. And so we Zoomed and she met me and she was just like, I love you. I love you. And I was like, good, because I love you too. <laughs> and so she was like, if you can get this woman to me, I will do everything I can to help you to help her. And so I was like, you know, this is the kind of gratitude that I need to see more from organizations. This is when somebody as the president can come from the top and literally say to somebody, a common person off the streets, just trying to do a good thing. Let me help you. I will help you. That meant a lot to me because everybody else had failed me. And for me to be the person trying to assist the homeless person off the street, now you're failing me, you're failing her. So this is like a double failure. And so I just couldn't fathom that this was going on within our local nonprofits, that people were turning me away, not responding, not answering, like your funding is given to you for you to do this. And so it just really hurt. And so literally after that, although the woman did not want to go to um, that organization, um, I did reach out to another one who then failed me, the one that she wanted to go to. And so um, after that, it was really hard for me. And so at the time, um, I had told my wife, I said, yeah, that's not going to work for me. And she was like, oh, my God, what are you going to do? And I was like, give me a few days. I'll have to sit on this, you know, for me to have to go back to this woman after supporting her for six months, bringing her food, bringing her medical supplies. Um, there were several conversations that we had, which has literally paved my, my, my journey right now throughout my businesses because of our many conversations. I was like, I just can't tell this woman that I'm going to fail her. And so three days went by and I woke up and my wife was like, okay, what are you going to do? I said, I figured it out. I'm going to open up my own organization and I'm going to name it after the woman that I had tried to help. And so hmm. I named it Janice. And so Janice's Women's Center literally was built after that woman. And so the one thing that Lisa asked me, she said, Shantae, what's your niche? And of course, I didn't know at that time. I was like, oh my God, here we go. Another thing I have to figure out. I was like, no. okay. <laughs> so what do, what am I familiar with? What is it that I know? What would I be comfortable with? How do I want to empower someone through my organization? Okay. Well, I'm a victim of domestic violence. That's going to be my niche. I am going to support women just like Janice. I'm going to support women just like me. I'm going to make sure that I go all the way without failing these women. And so, yeah, I chose domestic violence. And so that's why my mission is very, very, very strict because of what Lisa told me. And so I didn't want to jump off my path. I wanted to focus strictly on that. And so everything that I do is solely behind Janice's Women's Center, supporting women of domestic violence and homelessness. Hmm. All in the course of two years, not even a full two years. Yep. And yeah. having just recovered through these blood clots, which was a life-threatening situation, oh right? This God. was not, I mean, how, how many did you say? Six. I had four in my lungs and one in each leg. And am I, I'm right in saying that it was a life-threatening situation, correct? Yes. yes. Yeah. And you're fully recovered now? or you, what, what protocol do you have to follow to make sure that you stay healthy? I know you've been staying fit and taking good care of yourself, trying to keep the stress level and peace uh, manageable. Definitely. So I will unfortunately be on blood thinners for life. So that was life changing um, after meeting Janice and then the pandemic, getting that news was crushing. 
I have a team of doctors, and so they're always making sure that I'm okay. After being labeled the miracle from so many doctors and physicians and teams, you know, I kind of, I guess still people call me that, you know, you're still a miracle. Hmm. And, and not only a miracle for you, right, and defying the odds, but also being the angel, which you said Lisa is. I'm sure you both mutually think that um, and know that about each other. To dedicate your life going forward to this mission is um, obviously inspiring. I know I shared before we came into the the interview today that I am dealing with someone who's very close to me who is on the streets in the Metro Phoenix area and having support for somebody with mental health and and addiction is, um, it's it's like navigating a minefield, (laughs) Mm. like you shared in your story, not knowing who's going to help where the help is going to come from, who to even ask, in addition to, at least in my experience, all, all the while that person's being incapable of knowing how to help themselves. Exactly. It's and, and not necessarily wanting to help themselves, which sounds different than Janice. And yet I think that's part of why we have such a wide population of homelessness. You know, the, if it's domestic violence, if there's a piece of that, then they're, of course, afraid, afraid for their lives and their well-being. If there's mental health issues, they're not always thinking clearly and possibly incapable of making, you know, common decisions that we would think would be very easy. The population of homelessness in our state is growing. I know that the Tempe ordinance, I don't know if you just saw that the Tempe just, I believe, passed an ordinance to clean up that um, the Tempe Town Lake area. Yes. And um, so I know that we're, you know, we're looking to find out where are these folks going to be displaced? What does that look like? Why did that happen? How can we better support them? And again, you and I reside and, and work in, in Awatuki. Let's let's take it back a couple steps. I know I shared a little bit about my own journey and, and just went like this, but let's bring it back again. Let's have our listeners really clearly understand who and what is Janice's Women's Center right now. Where can we go to to support and help out? What does that look like? And then we'll we'll talk about the goal and the broader um, vision that you hold. Okay. Um, well, Genesis Women's Center. Currently, I am Genesis Women's Center. So I pretty much, after plugging with so many representatives and council members, and you know the Capitol, and now even at this point the White House, you know it's kind of I've broadened the whole brand of Janice's Women's Center. I have celebrities that support Janice's Women's Center. And so they kind of guide the organization as well. That guidance looks like a lot of PR (laughs) for right now. That's what it looks like. The build for Janice's Women's Center, I'm actually building it from the ground up out of shipping containers, providing 52 tiny homes to those women and their children. So I'm not taking anything away from them. Their abuser has already stripped them of enough. And so I myself do not want to do that to them. I want to make sure that we're assisting them with their parenting skills, um, assisting them with their betterment for themselves, uh, making sure that they're provided with the necessary skills and education needed. And so Janice's Women's Center is an $8 million build. That project is huge. Originally, when we started in the beginning of 2021, um, a lot of the council members thought that Arizona would have donated the land. But I'm thinking because of COVID, hoping that's the reason, um, because of COVID that a lot of that funding might have gotten stripped and they were just like, 
became tighter. So I did not get that. And then, of course, I run into a lot of barriers as it pertains to me being so new. So regardless if I have the model, regardless of how much support I have, what really hinders me is the fact that I have only been an organization at that time a year. And now at this Mm -hmm. time, two years. A lot of times they want you to be three to five years. They want you to show substantial amount of funding that has came into your organization. But for me being a small organization, that is not me right now. That's what I do. I I call myself the bootstrapper. Um, Lisa calls me the powerhouse. And so I connect. I connect with as many people as possible. I take it beyond uh, the norm, I guess, as far as me landing my mission in the hands of celebrities. Um, I do this because I do not take federal funding. I don't take federal funding for a very specific reason. And of course, it's my own reason. I have learned a lot with my mom being homeless and suffering from a lot of her addictions. I seen what those individuals did to her, those organizations did to her. And so there was a structure that they had to follow. And for myself, um, I wanted my mom to become, if not 100%, I wanted her to at least be 75% better and able to sustain life better. And so because I had to be so involved and reach out to nonprofits while she was undergoing her situation, I was able to learn as a young girl that this is unacceptable, that this is wrong, that the system was broken. And so when I started Janice's Women's Center, and of course, I ended up running into those same barriers of disappointment, I decided that I was not going to take federal funding. I was not going to allow anybody to tell me how to help somebody, to tell me that I could not help somebody a certain way. I wanted to make sure that my way was going to be something that actually was beneficial to the women that has been in the same situation as myself because I did not have the help and I learned it so young. I was 18 years old when I experienced my domestic violence and without the resources and even now seeing that there's still not enough resources. And so, yeah, I don't take federal funding. And so it's all about people like yourself who got involved, you know, on your birthday and you decided that you wanted to do a Facebook fundraiser. You know, I love those. I love when people get involved and then I'm able to share it. I'm able to meet those individuals. Um, You actually came into the boutique. You started that um, Facebook fundraiser and then you came into the boutique. The boutique is my for-profit that I opened last year as a way to be able to show donors that I'm so much more than just this one-year organization. Let me show you how. Mm -hmm. So I created an LLC and that is literally my daily fundraiser. Everything inside of my boutique is donated by celebrities. They literally got involved. I don't ask for their money. I ask for their clothes. (laughs) I ask for their shoes. I ask for their jewelry. I put that inside the boutique and then I resell it. Those funds I use to be able to provide for the victims of domestic violence. The same thing with the funds that you actually raise as your Facebook fundraiser. I turn around and I use those for um, pet deposits. There are apartment deposits, uh, emergency rides. That's very important. When it's time to go, it's time to go. I always tell um, those that are assisting me with getting a victim out of their situation. A lot of times we have about five minutes to save this victim's life. And I do not want one of those barriers to be transportation. And so um, Uber cards are always important. That's actually what your funds was used for. I was actually able to get about 15 Uber cards from that $600 that you raised. And so I love things like that. Another thing is 
foundation grants. So I do a lot of that, corporate grants, sponsorships. Um, I have a gala that's coming up November. Um, I'm hoping to raise $350,000 from that gala. So therefore, I can actually get an office front, an actual corporate office for Janice's Women's Center, where now I can really start to service these women. And so I do need some more sponsors to get involved, um, auction items, all of that, um, community you know, sponsors especially. And so the gala is huge for this year. Just raising money, you know, it is it is tough. The ask is tough. I know a lot of my volunteers are like, oh my gosh, Shante, I don't like asking for money. I'm like, neither do I. But um, excuse me, do you have $50? <laughs> so now I've learned to just, just ask, you know, if that person yeah. says no, you know, get five people on the list. I'm going to ask 10. You know, so that's just me now, you know, and I ask because it's it's so much bigger than me. I'm not asking for me. It's not about my nerves or how scared I am. Um, this is literally because these women need it. Um, they're mm-hmm. homeless. And so um, I also I do a lot of birthdays for these women. Um, these are women who have not experienced birthdays. A lot of these women came to me and I wasn't able to touch them. That was the first thing they said to me. You know, Shante, I don't trust. And so um you know, I appreciate it. You know, I don't want to be touched. And so I understood that. And as they were talking, I said, um, you're going to trust me. And I just kept going. And at the end of that day, I had them smiling and I was able to hug them. And so that's the reason why I asked for $50, $100, and of course, more people to fundraise. Um, so yeah, that's what it kind of looks like right now, getting involved and supporting. Yeah. So it's individual donors, of course, grants, corporate donations, uh, sponsors for the gala and filling tables, really word of mouth. I mean, talk about grassroots efforts. (laughs) This is is it. And I, while it's the birthday thing on Facebook was just, you know, that one, one attempt to try to help support, this is another attempt, right? I, as an individual know that I can only do so much. So that's why I thought to get you on Business Radio X and have this broader conversation with folks who may have more leverage financially and have that same mission in mind to help folks uh, is, is critical. What kinds of organizations or, or businesses, do you have an idea of who you need to be in front of? And what does that look like for the ask? Is it introductions and getting them to fill a table or to sponsor the, you know, your events? Tell me a little bit more about that so we know who to kind of reach out to. Okay, well, this is actually my first gala. (laughs) And so um, it's all been kind of crazy and overwhelming. Um, I've actually been working with a lot of supporters who are just like guiding me along the way, um, other organizations. But yes, we do need companies to sponsor. Um, I think my highest, because I am a smaller organization, is $15,000 is one of the top ones. I think $10,000 is the next. Um, $7,500 is after that. And then I do know I wanted to support and also kind of work with small businesses. And so um, I added one that's $500 for, for small businesses to be able to support as well, because I know they took a hit with COVID. And then I think the other one for the community support is 3500 And so I kept them really small, thinking about COVID, thinking about um, where I've been so far within my journey. I'm not this huge organization that people know about. So it was it's a lot easier. And of course, the tickets is $200. So at first, I only had 100 tickets that I was selling. And then people started to reach out and it's like, Shante, I want to be a part. I want to be a part. And so I had to reach out to the resort. And so they were able to up it a little bit by 50. Good. And so now 150. 
Good. And seats are still available to yes. participate? Yes, seats are still available. Um, all of that information is on my website at www.janiceswomenscenter.com. And then, of course, all of my information is on there. And so if you need any more information, I will definitely respond back. Love it. And I, I really, uh, there's such a, I don't know if dichotomy is the right word, but there's this beautiful difference between homeless women and ball gowns and fancy outfits from our celebrities, yeah. in addition to a, you know, a fancy event. However, to me, it seems so perfect, yes. right? Who better than to support people who have nothing, <laughs> those who have so much, and oftentimes have the hearts where they're looking to help support. So the boutique, which you had mentioned, I had a chance to stop by. It's so close to my home, and it's really in a neat location in Awatuki, behind the, what is it called? Um, Kalachi. Kalachi, the Kalachi <laughs> Cafe, and yeah. right next to Buzzed Goat, right? Yes. Jamba yes. juice too. Like everyone's really, they're like, oh, Jamba juice. Yeah. Oh yeah. And Jamba juice, as well as the little cakes, I think as well. Yeah, so if you're familiar cakes. with the, if you're familiar with the Abutuki area, it's in a great spot and the boutique itself, I didn't have time to shop, uh, but I need to make it back in there. And the products, the, the clothing, the jewelry, the purses, I think you're going to have shoes, yes. hats, gorgeous things. Yeah. And I didn't realize that everything was, was donated. Yes. And, um, how, first of all, do you have office hours or are, is it invitation or appointment only? How can people come and, you know, shop and, and be part of the boutique? Well, the hours, um, differ, um, as of right now, especially with summer, cause you know, our, <laughs> we're up in like 110. And so we all kind of work off each other in our little complex. So, we're 9.30 to 5 right now during the summer, 9.30 to 5.30. Typically, it's 10 to 6. I know a lot of people are like, oh, my God, I'd come in, but you'd be closed or what have you. So that was earlier this year. That's when I was working on the bill that I had passed, which is the HB 2604. And so uh, Representative Bolick had sponsored that bill for me, and I've been working on it since last year. And so that bill, I won't get too deep into it, but it definitely extends um, the order of protection. And so I also do a lot of stuff with legislation. And so, of course, Everything that I do in, in regards to passing bills is to support victims of domestic violence. One of those is making sure that we had a stricter law as it pertained to the order of protection. And so I'm super excited to eventually announce the next bills that I'll be working on. People are always looking for them. Like, what's next? What's next? You know, to be at the Capitol and see people marching for my bill, I was so excited. And so, yeah, that's the reason why the boutique was closed. But we're open mm -hmm. now. So, yeah, definitely please get in there. The prices are amazing. You know, you can get a BCBG dress for like $25, $50 yeah. at the most. Um, I have Dooney and Burke purses. Um, everything is pretty priced, very, very reasonable because it's an upscale thrifting experience. So why not? Yeah. Yeah. I, I had forgotten about your commitment to adjusting legislature and again, letting people know how they can get involved that way. Phenomenal work in the course of just a year and a half. Yes. It's it's amazing to me. Yes. <laughs> and thank God for the background that you had. Did you say you were, were you an active attorney prior? No, actually, I started off as a legal assistant and then I started to uh, work my way up to doing some paralegal work all in family law. And so, yeah, I've seen a lot of um, domestic violence within that area as well. And so now I'm definitely doing everything I can to shut that down in the family law 
we're going to bring some awareness to what's going on out here. Yeah. So I had asked earlier, but I think I kind of got us sidetracked. Uh, are there specific businesses, um, small, medium, and large, that you would like to have introductions to? In my mind, I'm thinking marital counselors, even domestic violence shelters, other organizations, attorneys, media. Oh, all that sounds good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Anybody go daddy. <laughs> Who else? Go daddy. That sounds good. <laughs> you know, well, the big, yeah. yeah, we have a lot of huge companies, especially all the ones that just just started here in Arizona. We welcomed them, of course. You know, all of these companies that just broke ground in Chandler, all of these companies that just broke down in Mesa. You know, we have companies that just broke down in Levine. You know, we're watching you. I see you guys breaking ground. <laughs> and yeah. so um, I would love for them to get involved, um, for me to get in front of them, introduce myself, tell them who I am, see how they can support. I mean, they're a new company. I'm a new organization. Uh, my biggest thing is just kind of letting companies know that it's not all about the big organizations that that's been here for years and 20, 30, 50 years. You know, what about those small ones that are actually as well breaking ground? And as you can tell, I am a powerhouse. That's what Lisa calls me. So, you know, I don't really look at how long I've been in business. I look at the business that I'm actually doing. And so, yeah, I'm not going to stop. The tiny homes, how far out is that vision? When you, you obviously talked about the the project is how many millions of dollars? Eight million dollars. Eight million dollars, which, you know, seems huge. But once you get on your way, yes. Uh, and I have no doubt that you'll be unstoppable. Uh, do you do you have a timeline for that? Um, I did. I had a timeline for it when I first um, had the vision back in December 2020. I was like, I want it tomorrow. Um, <laughs> so, of course, and then it changed. It was um I wanted it last year around November. Mm -hmm. At least I wanted to have the land. So therefore I could yeah. be excited and just kind of go put my feet in the sand, I guess, <laughs> every day yeah. until people donated. I, even if it was just a nail, a roll of toilet paper or what have you. So at this point, I am definitely hoping that by next year, we have that land and we are ready to break ground. Now, I will say this. Um, I was offered land, but it was not in Arizona. Um, so a lady, a couple, they had researched and pulled up Janice's Women's Center. And this was out in San Francisco. And so they had this land and they were just like, oh, my God, I want to give it to you. And so unfortunately, um, because it was not in Arizona, I could not take it. Um, there mm -hmm. were several other things I could have done, um, of course, take it in. But then you run into some issues being a nonprofit, having to hire a real estate agent, all of those things. So that was kind of out of my scope. And so I had to turn that land down. And so that mm -hmm. hurt my feelings because I had been waiting for land. It just wasn't in the right place. Um, but well, I the good news is yeah. somebody somebody sees the vision, oh, yes. understands the mission, oh, yes. has the heart. So we know oh, we yes. know if there's one couple, there's more. Yes. Absolutely. That's exactly you, what I was gonna say. Are you registered as a 501c3? Yes, ma'am. Yes, okay, ma very good. And two and almost two years in existence with that yes. designation. Okay, yes. very good. Because that obviously it it helps in some ways, but also can can hinder in others. Yes. More helpful than anything else. Yes. Yeah, very good. What other questions um, had you anticipated that I might ask? Is there any area that we haven't covered yet that you want our listeners to know about at how they can get involved individually or even as a business organization? I think my biggest thing is I don't so much focus on 
the clothing donations. I notice when people see me on the news or um, in newspapers, the first thing they want to do is reach out to me and say, hey, Shante, I have all these clothes. How can I donate? Um, Unfortunately, because I have the support from the celebrities, I do not need clothes from the community. I literally do that because I want the community to come out and shop. And then those funds go back to support. So what support looks like from Arizona is financial support. That looks like getting involved by donating becoming a regular donor, sponsoring um, the event, which is the gala, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, several things like that. That's what support looks like to me. If you know someone who knows someone for like my legislation, the stuff that I do there, connecting me um, with those individuals. Yeah, just really the financial support is what I need right now. Land donations, um, people who have buildings. Um, If you have a building that's just sitting there, you know that person say, hey, you know, I think I know an organization who can fill that space. You know, how would you like to donate even just a year to this organization? Allow them to come in there and support some more women for about a year. And just that gives me time to even just build up. And so all of those type of things are appreciative. And I know when people ask me, what does help look like? You know, I can give them several things of what help looks like. But is that your area? Is that something that you're willing to do? And so that's kind of puts me up against the wall when people ask that. But the need is broad. It really is broad. And it's so needed. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So needed. There's there's a gal in the Chandler area that I've seen for 15 years. I, I've only moved a mile and a half into the Mountain Park Ranch area from the other side of the freeway. So I'm still very close to where I lived for 25 years. And, I, and I've seen her, again, on the streets. And I've offered water. I've offered meals. She's become less and less approachable over the years. But again, it is it is a situation that I know those of us who are more fortunate uh, can can find ways to help. Definitely. So thank you for the work that you're doing. I, I will um, go online and I'll get my ticket for the uh, gala so I can be there in November. Love it. And I've been thinking of a couple of connections that I would like to ask you about first rather than saying them here on on air, but we'll connect again. There are folks who have have great have had great success with nonprofits outside of the United States. However, they've used a lot of celebrity connections to build the success they have to build libraries and homes and schools in Uganda. So maybe there's you know something that you can learn or, or borrow from them as yes. we get you acquainted with that. Yes. So again, uh, one more time on the website and then let us know what social media platforms you're on as well so that we can follow and start helping out, uh, keep an eye on what you're doing there and sharing the word. Definitely. So Shante Salisbury, two businesses, Janice's Women's Center and Janice Fankery Boutique, all of which are on Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram. Awesome. Thank you so much for making time to be here. When I get back into town, (laughs) I will make sure that we schedule some time together. I've got my ideas are percolating and I want to make sure that uh, beyond, you know, just this interview and what little I could do for the birthday donation that we continue to support your effort that really changes our community and hopefully ends domestic violence. Definitely. Thank you so much. My pleasure. You've been listening to Phoenix Business Radio broadcasting today from Prescott and our studio at Max 6 in Tempe. Some media leans left and some lean right. Of course, we lean business and not profits. Until next time, I'm Karen Nowicki. Thanks for being with us today. 